What's the problem there? The chip killed my, my friend. What's the problem with your friend? I need to know. Oh yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast, cause it's a very good podcast, oh yeah, 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 it's a funny, 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 funny show, Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, E. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Rambo. Hi. How's the tricks, Hi, Kate Rambo? Uh, very well, thank you, D. Simon. Very well. Good. Very well. I'm coming out of a depresso slump, so I'm I'm full of full of the joys of spring, literally over here. Oh, it's a, so spring. It's a, it's is it is spring already beginning there? Is it the the beginning of spring right now? It most certainly is. I walked the other day. Uh, I was in my leather jacket, my snakeskin cowboy boots in the north of England, walking around. It was 14 degrees, had to take my leather off. So that's how you know it's spring. I had to take my jacket off while I was walking around. So all the pasty British people are coming out of their little hobbit holes. We and, are, uh, we're emerging. I told sun. you it's one of my one of my favorite things is seeing the chat. You know it's officially summer when you see a hot chav with his shirt off because there's something very sexual about chavs. It's as soon like as that a, happens, I'll let you know. It's kind of like the gopher. When you see a gopher, you know, you know it's spring. <laughs> it's like when you see a, a hot chav, shirtless chav, then you know it's spring. With his bad, really inky tattoos that are like just really badly done. It's just and you just ugh, they're on the poverty line. This like his fetid teeth, his crooked smile. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kate Rambo, when uh, you were a, a young lass, did you have a pet rat? Did you have a pet rat? I did have two pet rats. Uh, they were called uh, Brody and Otis. And uh, well, although I did rename uh, Brody to be the godfather in the end because he killed um, uh, Otis. Wait, he killed Otis? Like in the cage, just ate him? Otis was terrible. Because I had Dumbo rats. So they're a, a bit bigger and they're um, what they called. What are those freaks with the white skin and the pink eyes? Albinos. They were albino dum- dumbo rats and they were brothers, really sweet. But Otis was really, really nice. And uh, he was he was like a trainable. Like I trained him to do things and he would just sit and chill on my shoulder and he would like nuzzle at my ear. Uh, but like, yeah, Brody slash the Godfather. I didn't give him enough attention. So he kind of turned a bit feral. And I was out drinking a lot. I shouldn't have had pets at that time anyways. My dad, drunk dad loved them, though. He would like mess around with them. Well, did you ever have like a dog or a cat when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. I had a very um, aggressive Springer Spaniel called Digger, which oh, uh, told me about try Digger shouting <laughs> yeah, try shouting that in the park at night. <laughs> Digger! <laughs> it's fine to do in the north. on the D syllable. Well, yeah, it's fine to do in the north because yeah, there's, you the know, dip. there are... There's only one digger in the north, let's put it like that. <laughs> but he was a very super aggressive dog and he was not a dog I would have wanted. Was he drunk dad's dog? 
No, he was my mum's dog and he was just very aggressive. He was like not a fun. Springer Spaniels are usually like, you know, the fun time party spaniels of they the world. Be mean, and they're just so cute. Yeah, he was a mean Springer Spaniel. But he was cool because he was pretty much all black, apart from he had white legs, which is very unusual for a Springer Spaniel. I remember the Kesslers had a Springer Spaniel named like Molly or something that was really mean. I mean, I, I knew that yeah. dog for probably 12 to 13 years before it died, and I never pet her once. Digger was a bit like that, but I still have like uh, a little, when he died, I was still really upset because I'd had that dog a long time throughout my whole childhood. And I still have like, you know, bits of his fur in a box and like other mementos. That's weird. Why is it weird? I cut off, keep his fur? Cut off some of his fur. Yeah, and I have it in a box. Well, I guess it's better than keeping his foreskin. Do dogs have a foreskin? Is the little sheaf yeah, over their the lipstick a foreskin? I think so. Well, not Jewish dogs. You get that circumcised. Well, we are going to do that for David Barkowitz <laughs> when uh, in the future. We are going to have a little bark mitzvah for David Barkowitz one day. Yeah, might as well. So other yeah. than the pet rats, did you ever own any like exotic pets, like a snake or a bird? Like I am not like you. Because whenever I get an animal, I think about the future and I'm very like in tune. This is the reason I've never bought a pet bird, because I think if you're going to devote yourself to a high energy animal, like an exotic animal, David, right, then you need to think of the future. You don't just buy an iguana and ignore it and let it language languish in a room until Big Jair comes and like breathes new life into it. Well, it was... Okay, that didn't necessarily happen. It let him languish. He um, he was attacked by my roommate's iguana. Well, I wouldn't say attacked. So, in college, I remember my roommate Chuck, who I'm gonna who I might have on the uh, the Patreon in the next month or so to talk about to Old talk times. about our roommate Ernest. I don't even remember Ernest's real name. We just called him Ernest, and we we're gonna like reminisce about uh about what we did to Ernest. Ernest left. <laughs> Ernest left the University of Michigan halfway through the uh, the this the freshman school year because of because us. of you and him. Oh my god, D. <laughs> this is like some the dark side of D. Simon. The well, Ernest side. sucked. Ernest sucked, and he got us into a lot of trouble. But anyway, I was gonna have Chuck come on the show one of these days. But anyway, I remember when uh, I was in I was in I think it was like my sophomore year. Chuck called me. It was during the summer, and he was like, "Hey, dude." Do you want an iguana? I got a, a you know, I got um, a chub, tip chub. on getting two iguanas. And I was like, really? An iguana? I never really thought about that. And I am one, you know, who does like exotic pets. I, I think maybe just because I think they're cool, but you're right. I don't put a lot of forethought into it. I'm impulsive when it comes to exotic pets. You, which you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. You definitely should not be. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. An iguana. And so I remember he got these two iguanas. Like, uh, I don't know, he acquired these two iguanas. I paid like, I think I had to give him like 50 bucks or 60 bucks. And so, the, so we went over there, me and my friend uh, uh, Jason Dreyer, who, um, who's a listener of the show. He'll remember this. We drove over all the way to Detroit. Like, he, he lived in a suburb of Detroit, I think called Mount Clemens. And we go over to his house. And I remember I had like long dreads at that point. And his dad, like his dad was this like redneck his dad is named Bud. I don't even know his real name. It's just Bud. And Bud just drank, he just drank Budweiser like all day. He was a, he was a fireman, but then he retired at the age of 50. 
and just drink Budweiser all day. And so I remember he saw me. He's like, get in the house before the neighbors see you. God damn it. It's the weirdest looking Jew I ever seen. I agree with Bud. (laughs) I'm on Bud's side here. (laughs) But so we go over there and we pick up these two iguanas. And so Chuck's iguana was this like majestic looking creature with like the fins and it was huge it was this massive like really beautiful looking creature the iguana he got me was this like it didn't even have a back fin it was like brown it was the saddest looking lizard i think i've ever seen because he needs a lot of tlc he's already in bad shape what did you name him i can't remember if i even named him what you didn't even name him that'd be the the millions of names would be running i would call him iggy obviously iggy the iguana It's too obvious. I I can't remember what I named him. But so anyway, we go and get this iguana and Chuck lifts him up. I was too scared to even touch it. And he he puts it in a box. Yeah, and like me and me and uh, me and Dreyer drive all the way back to uh, to to Bay City. And uh, I was living in the my parents' basement for that summer. And so when Jeff's old room. And so we uh, we set up a cage and everything. And we're looking at this iguana. And we're so high. Like we just smoked like a huge joint. And I'm looking at the iguana, and Dryer's like, yeah, just pick it up out of the box. And so I reach down to grab it, and the thing's just looking up at me and just starts run, running around the box, like whipping its oh. tail. And I was just like, I'm not touching that thing. And the dryer was too scared. So then we went upstairs, and we're like, hey, Jer, because Jer was over hanging out with my sister. We're like, can you help us get that iguana in the cage? And so Jer comes over, and he picks it up, and he's like rubbing its head, and he puts it in the cage. And so we're like, oh, okay. I, I was scared to death of that fucking thing. I don't even know why I got it. They have a razor sharp palate, you know. They can fuck you up, those things. They really can. So I anyway, get to college. Chuck had his, Chuck, we, well, Chuck, Chuck had his, this massive cage they bought for his. So we just kind of kept them both in the same cage. But what we realized is when you put speakers on top of the cage and blasted Kiss really loudly, they'd fight. Mm-hmm. Why, oh, was, why would you do this? It was cool. It was like watching it's, like fucking like two Godzillas going at it. And it's so not cool. We thought it was cool until his iguana bit my iguana's leg off. And so it's yeah. it was just like barely hanging there and it was kind of like a tripod. So little, little I went tricycle, over. Yeah. yeah, I went over to the vet and uh, they reattached it. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I I, I don't even like this thing. And so I gave it to Big Jer, and uh, Big Jer had it and nurtured it. And like, I don't know, less than six months later, maybe like a, yeah, less about six months later, I remember I was at Jer's house, and this thing had blossomed into a beautiful creature. I bet it had. I bet (laughs) it had a name as well now and everything. I forget what he called it. It did have a name, but it had like these massive fins, and it was great, like this kind of like, almost like iridescent green scales, not just like, you know, the color of like, because when I, when I had it, it looked like the color of barf. It was not, it was not an attractive creature and it smelled bad. I don't know whatever happened to, uh, to it. I think it escaped out of, uh, out of, out of like the, the cage in Jared's room and then froze to death outside or something. But no, it, that's not what happened. It lived a really long, lovely life, and then it died a really happy death in Jer's arms. That's that's what happened. Well, you can tell that's yourself, what you happened can, you can tell yourself that. You know, yes, I do recall, I though, when I took my iguana into um, into the veterinarian to get its arm reattached, it looked at it, and, he, and the, the vet was this like older woman, and she was like, you know what? It's a hermaphrodite. 
And I was like, oh, really? She's like, yes, it Life has with- both sets of genitalia. And I was like, a herpetite? <laughs> <laughs> well, you do kind of have a touch of the Jeff Goldmans about you. So were you there in your leather jacket going, life will uh, find But you way. know what? That wasn't my last exotic pet because I got two sphinxes, Hecubus and uh, Caliban. Yeah, and you had bad luck with one of them, and now, well, technically, you've had bad luck with both of them. Well, the one that lived is uh, extremely annoying. But, it's the um, one that should have died. But I do love like. that cat. I do love that cat. I always, I always think if, uh, if the rabbi was still alive, because my the rabbi used to, oh, he, he would get endless source. I was an endless source of amusement to the rabbi, and I he loved when I'd get some new weird pet because <laughs> I had this guinea pig. That uh, we Aww. named Zachariah. He thought that was the funniest thing, especially because I gave it away after like, I don't know, two months because that thing sucked. And then uh, the iguana, he was just like, you know, used to make fun of that all the time. I couldn't even imagine if he ever met Caliban, although he did like cats because uh, I used to have uh, that cat Tibor. And uh, he, he, the Tibor would sit on my dad's newspaper when he was reading the newspaper. He was just like, I'm trying to read, Tibor. I'm trying to read here. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd get really mad at him, but I could imagine if he if he saw Caliban, I think the rabbi would be like, "I'm not surprised. He's just as weird as you are." That's what he would have <laughs> said. That's exactly what he would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not the only one that's had exotic pets in my life. Um, I was reading recently uh, that uh, Pablo Pablo Escobar, remember the uh, the the cocaine uh, uh, drug lord of uh, the the head of the Medellin cartel in Colombia. He had an entire menagerie, and within this menagerie of this zoo, this uh, this zoo that he had on his um, estate, he bought several hippos. He not only had hippos, he had giraffes, he had kangaroos, uh, but he had four hippos that he ordered from Africa, shipped out to his like you know drug estate in uh, in Colombia, and these hippos. You know, these hippos, the, the government couldn't move them. You know, when, once uh, Escobar died um, and they you know, dismantled his uh, estate, they couldn't get rid of the hippos because hippos aren't easy to move. You know, you They're can't just like... as well. Well, you can't just trank them and then, you know, put them in the back of a truck and drive them over to like a zoo. I don't think a hippo would ever allow itself to be tranked. They're like the bodybuilders on steroids on the animal world. They're like, massive they're creatures. They're like two tons. Well... Yeah. Colombia is now having to relocate Escobar's cocaine hippos. And it's going to cost around $3.5 million to do this. Uh, I think uh, Colombia can afford it. Let's put it like that. I don't think Colombia is uh, worried about where to get the money for that from. So he died in 1993 and the government uh, seized his estate and most of the animals within it, except for the hippos, which were abandoned because they're like, what are we going to do with, with four fucking hippos? They're too big to do anything. Let's just leave them here. And I think they thought that the hippos would just die in this foreign environment. Because, you know, hippos aren't naturally, you know, bred in, in South America. They're not yeah, indigenous. Yeah, but the, the, like the climate of Colombia is probably very similar to South Africa, I would say. They're probably like super happy living their best life why don't they just boil them in their tanks like the william s burroughs way hippos aren't in tanks they lived in like this he made like a, a lake like he extended their habitat along the the magdalena river like he extended it and built this like basin that the hippos could just live in we'll set fire to the lake 
Well, they can't just do that. The, the, the cocaine hippos ended up flourishing in Colombia because they you know, adapted to the environment. And now the population went from four to about 160. That's a hurt. There's 160 hippos. fucking hippos. And those motherfuckers are mean and destructive. They, they really are. Um, they said that by 2040, there could be 1,500 cocaine hippos living in the country. They're like a new species, the cocaine hippos of Escobar. <laughs> well, they have no natural predators. I don't even know what, what predator do they have in, uh, in Africa. Lions. A lion will take down a hippo. I a think. baby if hippo. I don't a think baby hippo, a bull hippo or like a wounded hippo. They'll, they'll take it down. That's what the lions are there for, to clean it up. Clean, well, you'd think a jaguar off. could take on a, you know, a, a wounded hippo. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's like a, we're talking about a hippo that's reached the end of its life and needs to die. I don't well, think a jaguar would go after a baby hippo unless it's fucking suicidal. There are no natural predators for the hippo in uh, South America. And so as a result, they flourished. And now the government's been forced to devise a plan to transfer them to other countries to try to control, <laughs> you know, the rapidly breeding hippo population. And so, yeah, it's going to cost $3.5 million to go ahead with this plan. And so there's a deal that's been worked out with the government and numerous institutions, including the Colombian Agricultural Institute, the Colombian Air Force, and the Ostok Sanctuary, Animal Sanctuary in Mexico. And so they're going to ship off 10 of the animals to the Ostok Sanctuary, while there's another sanctuary in India that's going to take 60 of them. So they're going to ship these hippos from Colombia to India. They should do a documentary on this. They should. The hippos that flew. It makes me feel a bit like better about my zoo that is going to be transported across the world now. That if they can transport hippos safely, then my zoo should be okay as well. Well, I I wonder how they can how they're going to transport these hippos safely. I think they should make a documentary. Like Vice should make a documentary or something called Cocaine Hippos. Oh, cocaine hippos on flight. Do you think they'll get like first class service? They'll just be sat there watching some hippo TV with, like, endless champagne. I think they're going to put them on a boat. I don't think they could fly them. Oh, well, then it's like a King Kong T-Rex Jurassic Park moment then if they're on a boat. Because imagine if they escaped from their cages on the boat and just run rampant. Well, that's the thing. I don't know how they're going to, film. to tranquilize them. I, I would want to see it. Like, if they made a documentary, I would watch it. Anyway, this week... We're going to chat about hippos and other exotic pets that killed their owners. Um, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. In a, in a few minutes, we're going to chat about a South African man who had a pet hippo. He literally, this guy would ride his pet hippo in the water and brush, brush its teeth. This guy until obviously it, um, in the end, it didn't work out too well for him. So we're going to get to that in a minute. Dun, but before dun, dun. that, let's chat about the sick and wrong Patreon. If you're a fan of the show and you support independent radio, which is technically what podcasting is. Um, it completely is. It's renegade radio. Yeah. You We're know, it's... flying on the wire, baby. <laughs> it's like, uh, what was it? What was the movie with Christian Slater? Pump up the volume. That's pretty much what we're doing here. I was thinking of Airheads with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I think we're more like Airheads. Same diff. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I was thinking about this. How many other podcasts out there have been recording weekly for 17 years? Are you like one of the only ones? Is this it now? No, there's, I think there's like three or four that have been doing it this long. Vice should do a documentary about this, about the people who've been making podcasts for 20 years. Or maybe they should get the, pon the people that have been making podcasts for 20 years, move the hippos to India 
and make a documentary about that. That's very vice. And had this been the year 2005, <laughs> the money would be being thrown at you. <laughs> anyway, for only a few bucks a month, you can get access to the Sick and Wrong Second Show on the, uh, the Patreon page. We do an entire second show. It's a full hour and a half extra show that's quite a bit more uh, saucy, I think, than the main show. It's a little more personal. Uh, this week, we go into all the details about Kate's visa situation and the upcoming interview at the U.S. Embassy in London. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, I find it really odd um, that they have to do like a, a full-on like rectal exam. It's weird that you have to pay a doctor to do this. I actually offered to do that. Oh, you signed uh, up for it? You volunteered? I signed up for that, and I said, you might as well just like go up vaginal as well while you're there, doctor. Doctor of America. Well, before they can allow you to move here as a citizen, I think they have to do a full cavity search because who knows what you're trying to smuggle in. I mean, it's pretty. I I need a checkup. I do. Oh, it's been you too never long. Know. Um, we also hear about my brother's potential eviction for smoking <laughs> cigarettes in his apartment. It's gotten really bad, actually. I talked to him today. He's he just received his third strike. So we get into we get into that on uh, on the second show. That's only five bucks a month. You can support Indie Radio via Patreon. You can also get access to the second show. You can actually subscribe to the second second show via Apple Podcasts. So there's a couple different avenues here uh, to support Second Wrong. And finally, for a few dollars more on the Patreon, get access to our bonus minisode, Second Wrong Overkill, as well as the archives, the first 10 years of uh, Sick and Wrong, available on SoundCloud playlists. It's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Uh, let me play this quick promo, and then... Uh, yeah, let's get into uh, exotic pets that kill. Hey, Sick and Wrong listeners. If you're not currently a Sick and Wrong patron, you might be missing out on special moments like this one. The guy was saying, like, you have people coming and going in your apartment every night, and I can hear it. I can hear everything you say. And Jess was like, oh. what are you talking about? And I guess... Jeffrey said he was taking a shower with a couple guys <laughs> two nights ago. And he was just like, goes to the shower with a couple of my friends. And we're taking a long shower, like, you know, like we do. And he was just like, and the guy, he was like, the guy was really upset because he said the whole basement was being flooded from our shower. And when I told him that, uh, I was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He was like, I can hear every word you say. For only $5 a month, you can enjoy these special moments. A bonus news story, extra phone calls, and an hour's worth of outtakes every week at patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today, support the show, and keep it sick and wrong. But don't you ever think of... So, Kay Rambo, we both have uh, selected animal... I guess exotic pet stories where the uh, the animals killed their owners. I have two, you have two. I'm going to present my first one now involving a farmer, South African farmer, who was gouged to death by his pet hippo, Humphrey, who he considered a son. I love that it, Humphrey is a fantastic name for a hippo because Humphrey is like a fat person's name, isn't it? Like you've never met a skinny Humphrey. It's great think, for a hippo. I think Humphrey could work for a camel too. Humphrey Bogart is probably the only Humphrey in all of history that was ever hot. <laughs> he was kind of weird looking. He's hot. D don't like come for Bogart. He's hot. 
Bogey. It is a good name totally for uh, it is a good name for a hippo. So this I don't self- think it works for a camel, but we'll I go for to, it. Hump, Humphrey. It works. Yeah, I just think it's a bit like I, I just don't think a camel kind of looks like a Humphrey, even though it's got humps. humps. It's got humps. Lovely it works. Lumps. So this South African farmer here was killed by his pet hippopotamus that he raised from the age of five months, and he described this hippo to his friends and his wife as uh, being like a son to him. Warning sign. Humphrey the hippo. Gouged owner Marius Ells, Major Marius Ells, he was a former army major, who was only 41 when he was killed by his pet, um, gouged his owner, Humphrey gouged his owner to death by repeatedly biting him in a vicious attack. Um, The farmer's mutilated body was uh, discovered submerged in a river running through his 400-acre farm in uh, rural South Africa. And earlier that year, like only a few months before he he was brutally killed, uh, Major uh, Marius Ells, um, who was married, was pictured riding on the back of his 1,200-kilogram uh, pet bull hippo. He would say, Humphrey's like a son to me. He's just like a human. Uh, he would tell his pals that the six-year-old <laughs> hippo ride. <laughs> would even come running when he was called for. Like a bull. That's like my great-grandmother, who my dad always said I resembled a lot. She kept bulls. And she had like six, she had a fucking like a menagerie of them. She had like 16. I, I don't know what the colloquial term for a, a room full of bulls is. But she was hmm. a tiny woman, about five foot tall, like your sister's height. And she would go out into the field in the morning to feed them with like her big like food bowl. And she would like start like tapping the spoon on the bowl. And she'd be like, come and get it, lads. Come and get it. And all the like 16 bulls would be running at her and she wouldn't even move. But was she behind a fence or was she just standing? No, she was in the in middle the... of the field, like calling them and they would all run to her and she had favorite ones because she rescued all these bulls and she would lease them out, have them shag cows across the county and she would do it for like pocket money. Did she ever ride the bulls? I imagine considering that uh, alcoholism runs in my family, there's got to be a point, hasn't there, when you will have had a couple of sherries at nighttime and you're like, I can do it. I'm going to get on Boris. Get on the back of the bull. I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking ride Boris. If you were married to this uh, Major L's here, would you tolerate this type of hippo shenanigan? I would be very scared of the hippo son, and I would say, uh, much like I have a, a warm, yet friendly, yet cold indifference to Caliban, it would be like that. I'd be like, he's not my son. But he's around, so I have to tolerate him. Yeah, but wouldn't you be concerned that, that, about your husband's welfare and the welfare of your friends and family that come and visit with this fucking hippo running around? Fa- when you said that he'd been gouged as well, the mental image that came to my mind, you know, in Jaws, when uh, he's gone for uh, Quint and Quint's in the shark's mouth and the shark's just like chowing down on him. That's what I was picturing with a hippo and a South African man. So Marius says there's a relationship between him and Humphrey that uh, people just don't understand. They think you can only have a relationship with dogs, cats, and domestic animals, but I have a relationship with the most dangerous animal in Africa. He's boasting about this. Yeah, he's full of too much bravado. And that's not true because birds are like one of the most affectionate animals. And you can totally have like relationships with birds and horses too. Horses are domestic animals. You can domesticate a bird and a horse. Um, but he he would boast about brushing the you know the the twelve hundred kilogram beast teeth, swimming with him and riding him in the, on his back like a horse. 
I'm glad this guy died. Yeah, he sounds like a total dick. The guy also kept 20 other like kinds of animals, okay. including a giraffe and a rhino. A rhinoceros. He had a rhinoceros on his farm near Clerkstorp in South Africa's northwest. It's kind of actually south of uh, Johannesburg. I've always heard that giraffes can be really bad-tempered as well, and you should watch yourself around giraffes. Same with zebras. Zebras are dumb, though. Like, I feel like a a giraffe and a rhino have a bit more going on upstairs than a zebra. I feel like a zebra is like a bit like an, a donkey or an, well, donkeys are kind of intelligent An ass. I feel like a zebra is like the dressed up ass of the horse. Zebras are also mean. That's why you never see a domesticated zebra. That's also true. They look fab though. Don't they? They are cool looking. Um, so Marius raised Humphrey the hippo from the age of five months till the age of six before it killed him. Um, He rescued the animal from a flood when it was a a baby hippo. Um, So hippos, you know, some people do find hippos cute. I don't think they're cute. I think they're, uh, they're vicious looking creatures. You ever see that? uh, Do you ever see that video of the hippo chasing the pontoon boat? Yeah, that's from Nature is Metal, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you listeners will know. It's all, like on t- Twitter and Instagram. But Nature is Metal puts up some. They've, as a as a pescatarian, some of them can be hard watches, but it is just nature. But yeah, some of them are incredible. And that's one of the incredible ones. Yeah, I've seen that video in different different uh, different sites as well. But Nature is Metal definitely posted that. And you just see this hippo just like bobbing up and down the water, swimming quite fast. For its size. miles per hour in it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're very, they're, by their nature, they're very aggressive, especially when there's young calves around. And they will attack a human with no provocation. And they have enormous teeth that can gouge. I mean, enormous teeth that could just, like, bite your arm off. I mean, they're but, vicious I mean, they creatures. They crush watermelons. Crush yeah, it's, it's estimated that hippos kill more than 300 people every year. And you'd think, because they're like, them. you know, 1.2 tons, they're like a massive creature that they're kind of slow moving, but they're not. They can reach speeds over 30, kilo, 30 kilometers an hour, like when they're really yeah. over short distances. I mean, they're not, you know, they can't do it for like miles, but they can, they can run pretty fast. They're like rugby players. They're like a rugby player of the animal world. So Humphrey was age six and weighed more than a ton when he attacked Mr. L's. Um, so Mr. Ells, he did recognize Humphrey's power and did, and did understand that he was a danger to humans. He said, it's a little bit dangerous, but I trust him with my heart that he will not harm anybody. I can swim with him. I go in the water. He allows me to get on his back. He swims with me. You know, if he decides to get me off his back, he'll throw me over like a horse. He said, um, he said his his wife and his friends won't even go near him. Yeah, his wife and friends have like a bit more brain cells than a major here. I well, it's think. like no shit, dude. I mean, he's obviously trying to impress people by owning these exotic creatures. Definitely this hippo. Um, I would have been if I was one of his friends. I would have been like, "You're a fucking nutter," and that thing's gonna kill you. I would say, like, I know you miss the army, but get another hobby. Like, take a paintball in. That's just as exciting. In fact, that's probably more exciting than the hippo. Well, his wife had warned him several times that it was dangerous and that Humphrey was a danger to, uh, you know, to society. I mean, just to have this hippo just roaming around your property. And sure enough, um, the year... So so he killed Mr. Ellis in 2011. But in uh, uh, earlier, the March 2011... 
um, Humphrey tried to attack two canoeists as they were going down the river, uh, the Vol River. A 52-year-old man and his 7-year-old grandson were forced to scramble out of the canoe and climb a tree when Humphrey rushed at them. And they, oh, wow. they, were, they were screaming and clapping, trying to get the animal away from the tree, but Humphrey refused to move and just stood there, just waiting for them to come down. Vicious. So he could chomp on them. Well, they're territorial. And so Mr. Ells managed to lure the hippo away with an apple, explaining that he had approached the pair just because he was hungry and he thought they were going to feed him. Yeah, right. Do you have the game Hungry Hippos in America? Oh, I, I have played Hungry Hippos. I was a master at Hungry Hippos. Well, you're really good all at it. All in the wrist. Of course well, I was. It's all in the wrist. I can Where imagine. Do you think I got my skills from? I imagine most northern slags would be pretty good at that game. <laughs> um, so uh, what ended up happening November 2011, um, uh, he was attacked by, uh, by Humphrey, and uh, it, it basically just chomped him, and he lost so much blood that he just died in the water. And so... Uh, uh, ambulance service was called and uh, to uh, to Ells Farm and paramedics responded to the scene and they just found a man that had been bitten several times by the animal and he had been just immersed in the river for an unknown period. So his ripped and mutilated body was just floating in the water for who knows how long. I'm surprised they could even get to him. Like I thought Humphrey would have been guarding him, being like, no, this is my snack for later. I'm going to put a film on and I'm going to eat him. I wonder what they did with him. They don't really say if uh, you know they shipped him off to India or something, <laughs> or if they just said Humphrey, go, you're free now. I bet that's what Humphrey did. I bet he was like, "Thank fuck, I don't have a guy demasculating me anymore. I'm going off to find some fucking cows to bang. Goodbye." But he, but he's already you know tried to domesticate this animal, and the animal's used to getting food. You know, it's not used to like going off on his own and finding food. He wants to, he's the Truman show, but it's the hippo version. And he just like, he went off and he's fine. I want to believe that all these animals are fine. So he's fine. Humphrey is fine, D. He's fine. Maybe. Maybe he was shipped to uh, Escobar. That would have been a better one. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I've got a funny story for you. Because a 60th birthday present resulted in the death of an Australian woman in her own backyard. So this is kind of similar, right? The reason why for this one is it's freaky. Freaky like, I want to get freaky with you, right? So you know where we're going with this. Did someone fuck the animal? Pam Weaver's body was found by her husband, Noel, at their shared sheep farm near Mitchell, which is 350 miles uh, west of Brisbane. I'm pretty sure it's a shithole. In August of 2007, Pam had been gifted a baby camel, which they hand-reared, and by the time he was one years old, he weighed 24 stone. Oh, that's 336 pounds for the non-metric crew. And he seems, isn't even fully grown yet. Yeah, I was about to say, that seems kind of small for a camel. I figured they'd weigh more than that. How much does a horse weigh? Um, well, horses are all different. It's like, how much does a pony weigh compared to a shire horse? Okay, like a large horse. How much would that weigh? Like 500 pounds? Say, bigger than that. I would say like a shire horse can probably weigh 50 stone. That's like right, probably so five hundred. Yeah, you think a camel would weigh more than that? I mean, I've. I do talk about how big camels can get in a little bit. Camels so, are kind like, of scary. Have you ever actually been around a camel? 
I have never been around a camel, and nor would I like a. I would never ride a camel. I feel it's like messing with their nature. I just feel that we should leave camels to like. Yeah, they're good for like. I don't know. I'm about to say something potentially racist. Move your tent across the desert, but other than that, just leave them be. Just let them do their fucking thing. Like we when, we don't need camels. When I was in、uh, Cairo, Egypt, with the rabbi, when、uh, he was、oh, a cruise ship rabbi. Uh, we went to see the pyramids of Giza, and when you're over there, there's just oh my god, there's it's poverty unlike you've ever seen before. There's all these little kids like with missing eyeballs and limbs running up and trying to like grab at your wallet or whatever, grab at your Ooh, camera. And then there's like adolescent ones that are sitting next to these like dilapidated creatures, these like camels with like alopecia, with like、Aww. a blanket over them, and they're trying to pull you. Under the camel, and once you, you know, you, you, they get you on the camel because they want to take you on a photo or give you a ride. They'll be like, ha ha ha, and then the camel will stand up, and then they'll just take you out to the to middle the of the fucking desert and charge you、yeah. like three hundred euros to get back. I've heard about that. that so the guide like was、that. just like, if you want to ride a camel, come get me, and I will help you ride the camel. And I was like, I don't want to go anywhere fucking near that thing. They bite and they spit. I do. I love the look of a camel. I think they're very, like, like there's something like endearingly gorgeous about them. Like I do like every animal though, pretty much. But yeah, like- I just don't want to. I just feel like camels should be out there doing their own thing. And like, if you need them, like I don't live in the desert, but if you need them to help you do your desert shit, then use them. But I would never sit on one for fun. Like I would never sit on they, an elephant for fun. They kind of look like prehistoric to me. There is something prehistoric, but I like I have respect for the camel and all that they do. So this camel that we're talking about, I did try hard to find his name, but his name is n- never listed. I like little details like that. So we're now going to name this camel. I feel that camel should have slightly exotic slash possibly racist names.、Like、so、Humphrey? I'm going to call this one Conan. Conan. Conan the camel. Remember、Fits. in、uh, Conan the Barbarian when he punches that camel out? I do, and that's why I'm calling it Conan in a in a form of revenge. <laughs> hey, D, what's best、scene. in life? Not even gonna go there. What's best in life, D? Not even gonna go there. D, what is best in life? I'm not gonna go there. It's to crush your enemies, isn't it? <laughs> no, I to know. To see them the, driven before the you, and to hear I, the lamentation of their women. I know the quote. I'm just not. I'm not going to.、Uh, well, I to aid、there. you in repeating. Here is Conan the camel. So Conan would turn out to love his new adopted parents very, 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 very much, but maybe a little bit too much. Paddy McHugh, who is a camel expert, he sounds Irish, but yeah, he's a camel expert. That's a thing. Said that Pam's death sounded like mating behavior. He was quoted as saying, "What happened is certainly characteristic of a bull in season." Detective Senior Constable Craig Gregory backed this up by saying, "I'd say Conan had probably been playing, or it may have been a sexual sort of thing." Conan had knocked Pam to the ground and had basically killed her through bodily trauma and suffocation by repeatedly laying on top of her. This, funnily enough, is also how camels kill their enemies because camels have enemies. So they pull their legs out from underneath them, like their enemies, and then they sit on them with their brisket because apparently camels have brisket.、Them? And this is a hard part underneath their chest, which is like、oh, built.、Wow. They just suffocate、this. them. Yeah, they just like will fucking sit on you till you die. Some people pay pay women to do that on them. Just yeah, it is true. So wait, this woman 
So the camel was in rutting season or a rutting mood. He could have been, yeah. He he crushed her, but did he have his like red rocket out? There were unconfirmed reports about the camel's red rocket, but I I would assume so. Do they have a massive red rocket? Have you ever seen a camel cock? I've never seen a camel cock. Um, I've obviously thought about. Oh my god, this is just reminding me. What what is the most perfect camel toe you've ever seen? Because I vividly remember the most perfect camel toe I ever saw. It was in Athens. It was Greece when I was on holiday there with my ex. And we were going up an escalator and she was coming down the escalator towards us. So the, the camel toe was just getting like closer. And it was like porn star perfect camel toe. And both me and my ex were transfixed by it. And when we when she passed us, I turned around to look at him and he was like, I saw, I saw, I saw. I was like, I fucking saw that too. Perfect camel, 10 out of 10. Do you think this woman that was killed by the camel, do you think she was wearing yoga pants and had a camel toe? The sight of the camel toe aroused this camel, and then he, you know, went into lovemaking mode. I wonder if camels get turned on by camel toe, or if they just think it's really funny. It's such a white girl tattoo as well. Only white girls get, like, the outline of a... Or white men get the outline of a camel on their big toe. And then, like, oh, I've got a camel toe. (laughs) I don't think I've ever met anyone that's done that. Oh, I know, like, five people who have that tattoo. (laughs) Is it a popular tattoo in the north of England? Yeah, of course it is. It was, like, during that era when people would get the moustache tattoo on, like, their inner finger as well and would hold it up and be like, I've got a moustache. You know, the kind of comedy tattoos that went around year 2010-ish? A little Dirty Sanchez tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> so our, our pal camel expert Paddy says, I can count on one hand the number of people that have been killed by camels in Australia in the past 100 years. So I trusted Paddy, but I did check out his facts. There's a forensic science report from Adelaide, and they kind of go through, through a few of like the camel deaths. So like a 56-year-old man died from multiple bl- blunt force injuries after he attempted to move a 7-year-old female camel, and she just wasn't having it. She just trod all over him. 65-year-old woman was crushed by several of her camels that she had been training. This was an odd one. So a one-year-old died kind of by camel, but it was because her parents were driving their car. They swerved to avoid a herd of camels, and the one-year-old wasn't strapped into like her seat properly, so she was just thrown all the way about the car. And so she oh, it died. just died in the car. God, that's terrible. So she kind of died by camel. It must have been like the 80s. No, this is all recent ones. Oh, wow. These are like within the last 10 years. What the fuck does this strap s- their kid in these days? I, well, I know I think- back, in, back in like the 70s and 80s, you could just ride in a car in your mom's lap. But This is you know. near Adelaide, mate. Okay, just, all right. Well, it's that near explains Adelaide. it. Right. Another 66 year old bit the dust when he suffered a heart attack whilst he was rounding up a bunch of his camels. Which is you should, something you should actually watch out for if you are a camel keeper because camels actually carry a wide range of zoonotic diseases the main one being middle eastern respiratory disease syndrome aka mers aka coronavirus the camels have coronavirus is that where it came from i thought it came from uh, eating a bat yeah the coronavirus is in like bats and other mammals but camels have the coronavirus just like they're just wa- rocking around a bit. So, you know, they were there first. They're like the Ugh. OGs of the corona. Diseased creatures. So when camels do attack you, they will kick, they will stomp, kneel, or sit on their victim, which is how I would do it as well. They also bite, they shake, they throw their prey around, and they can grow to the size of 
1,350 pounds, or oh, that's 96 stone for the metric crew. That's yeah, fucking they're, huge. Yeah, they're huge. I mean, I've seen them, you know, yeah. I've, I've seen them in Egypt, and they were, they were fearsome-looking creatures. I didn't go anywhere near it. Not to mention the whole time, because my father tells this story that he got bit by a camel when he was uh, in Israel. Like, it bit him. Like, he had to go get a tetanus shot. Like, it bit his shoulder. Could have given him coronavirus. Yeah, possibly. So the whole time I was like, I'm not getting anywhere fucking near that. And when they, you know, when they, the, the Arab teenagers come and try to drag you, I'm like, dude, no, fuck off. I'm not going to your camel. I have no interest in sitting on your camel. No, I have me. respect for the camel. I don't want to sit on him. They frighten me. <laughs> in March of 2022, a Tennessee camel that went on a deadly rampage killed two people after it escaped from the petting zoo that it was caged in. Don't even get me started on zoos. Me and you had a bickering match recently about zoos. But it's seen as uncommon as camels are pretty friendly, placid guys usually. Unless your name is Conan the Camel. As he's yeah. growing up and reaching sexual maturity, he'd attacked numerous other animals on the weaver's farm, and he had tried to suffocate their goats on multiple occasions. It's a menace. He was a menace to the weaver's society. There was no follow-ups as to if the state destroyed Conan for his randy behavior, but I'm hoping, this is what I'm hoping happened for Conan, that he murdered his lover, he pulled out a pack of cigarettes, he put on his shades, and he just rolled off into the deserts of Australia, and he's no longer a virgin because uh, Pam Weaver died by death by snoo-snoo. What, and they just went out and raped other Australian women? That's what I'm. That's what he did in my it's world. Terrible. Conan the camel. Long may you live, Conan. Conan the rapist camel. Keep on chugging. The next story we have here is kind of interesting. I actually didn't know about this 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 story that happened back in 2001. So before there was the infamous Tiger King on Netflix, there was the infamous Tiger Man in Harlem who had a 425 pound tiger living in his four bedroom flat. That's one of my favorite Elvis songs, by the way. What, Tiger in Harlem? Well, I'm the king of the jungle. They call me the Tiger Man. Well, this guy had a tiger living in his, uh, in, in his, um, it was like a, it's like public housing, like a project What type housing. of tiger? They're huge. A big ass Siberian tiger. What the fuck? You can't fit that in a little one bedroom pokey flat in Harlem. Well, he did. So in 2001, Antoine Yates, who was a 31-year-old construction worker at the time, bought an eight-week-old Siberian tiger cub to his home in a Harlem housing project. He named him Ming, Ming the Merciless. It's a, it's a little bit racist, but it also fits. I would also say that Ming isn't very, like, Siberian. I would say so. Siberia is kind of near... It's kind of like Russia, China, like, you know. I was going to say, I would go for something Mamrushki. I kind of like Ming, Ming the Merciless. So Yates purchased this cat from a, an exotic animal business called Bearcat Hollow. It was <laughs> wow. a, yeah, it was a business slash zoo that later became defunct after consistent legal troubles. Big surprise there. The owners yeah. of that zoo had also sold Yates a lion cub that he somehow rehomed, and no one even knows what happened to the lion. Oh, this is, this is sad. It makes me feel sad for these animals. You know, I can imagine shit like this happening in like the 70s and 80s, but this was in like 2001. People were buying Things fucking were... tigers in New York. You do forget how much freedom we had back then. Things are different now, but back then there was a freedom. Well, I don't know what Yates was thinking here. So 
Ming quickly went from bottle feeding to consuming 20 pounds of chicken thighs a day. My goodness. Yeah, that he would have to like half home each morning from a local supermarket, which I imagine people are like, dude, what is that guy doing? Like, what is he feeding? 20 pounds of chicken thighs every day from the Asian market up the street. I'd be like, is he a bodybuilder? He, that, that dude's getting his protein in. That's a sure every day. Must well, be less than three years, this, the Siberian, oh, he's a Siberian Bengal mix, grew into a 425-pound adolescent tiger. Um, and, and he supported this, this tiger on a part-time cab driver salary slash part-time construction worker. So this tiger never left the apartment? Nope. Well, when he was a cub, he would walk him around on the streets, and he would show it off to like people in the, in the neighborhood, and people thought it was cool. No one even said anything about it. No one called like you know wildlife rescue or anything like that or reported him. They just thought yeah. it was cool this guy had a little tiger cub. But, I mean, you know, city authorities were puzzled how you know, the presence of a tiger in a housing project you know, could remain an open secret. I mean, people never actually, you know, filed any complaints that there was a tiger, you know, living in the uh, in the complex. But they did complain about urine smells from his apartment. Oh, I bet, I bet. Oh, the well, cat piss is bad enough, isn't it? That ammonia smell. Tiger piss. And plus, that tiger must have been going spraying around the whole apartment as well, and it, it must be like so pungent. Oh, it must you'd be fine awful. with it. You wouldn't be able to smell it. I don't know about that. Like, uh, I imagine something that strong, I think I could pr- probably smell that. Um, but, but what's weird is, you know, uh, one of the prosecuting attorney who ended up prosecuting um, Yates said, like, for a tiger to go, un- go to go unnoticed for that long would never happen today. Because now somebody, in, you know, would hear it roaring and it would be on, like, Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, but is it not a case of, like, you don't snitch? Like, I didn't see nothing. Maybe I don't. I still think people would probably want to put it on their on the Instagram. Nowadays, in yeah, but I mean, yeah. phones. Nobody had a fucking phone in two thousand and like one or even two thousand and seven. Not everyone had phones. Yeah, I mean, I think back then no one would have had a phone, so probably no one would really have noticed. But you know, the the prosecuting attorney who you know prosecuted the case back in like two thousand three, they interviewed him for the story, and he was just like, "Yeah, today this probably couldn't happen." But who knows? Yeah. You never know. I mean, look at the Tiger King. That was only a few years ago. Um, yeah, but, but he, he had grounds and he was keeping them in an enclosure. That's a totally different thing. He was a much shadier character. Yeah, but he had been dealing in... He kind of is like the Bearcat Hollow place where the guy bought the tiger yeah. from. Um, so, the, so Yates lived with his girlfriend in his 68-year-old mother's five-bedroom flat in this housing project the Drew Hamilton complex. And so, so he lived with his girlfriend in well. one room and four-year-old son in another while the tiger had the run of the house. What the fuck? Yeah. And he even rented a room to, uh, to this woman named Carolyn Domingo, who at first was kind of surprised to see an adult tiger roaming in the apartment, but eventually she got used to him and even bonded with him. She said that, uh, you know, at first she was really scared. Um, she was like, but then afterwards it, he became like family. She said he even hugged her once with his enormous paws and, uh, she never reported its presence to anyone and nor did the neighbors, you know? And so Yates would try to 
through some odor control here by scrubbing down Ming's room with bleach and pine saw. That's not going to get that cat piss smell out. You know what this reminds me of? I used to watch this film all the time when I was a wee bairn. Do you remember um, Born Free? Born Free. Did you ever watch that? I don't know if I ever saw that. I used to watch that all the time. And like this also reminds me of, you know, the actress Tippi Hedren. Tippi Hedren had a big cat rescue. Oh, yeah. And they would roam her house. But she had a fucking land. And they say that uh, when they were actually filming Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, at nighttime, because they were filming near her big cat rescue, they could hear the lions roaring because, you know, the sound would just carry and they would all get fucking freaked out. And it's in some of the scenes in Army of Darkness. You can hear lions roaring. (laughs) <laughs> it's a, a good background effect, I guess. Um, what's weird is that he would go to all this this attempt to kind of control the odor of Ming's room, and you know, bring all these like, you know, take take such such diligent care of this animal. Yet he had a four year old fucking son living in a room that the tiger could you know eat anytime he wanted to. Yeah, that kid would be like a little tasty chicken nugget for this tiger. So. Neighbors also reported later after uh, Yates um, was arrested that he had had bear cubs, Rottweilers, rabbits, hyenas, monkeys, snakes, a llama, a tarantula, and even a young lion cub. This man needs stopped. Hyenas, come on. What the (laughs) fuck are hyenas doing in America for the first part? Well, he, he had this idea, this utopian plan for an animal sanctuary that he envisioned as a new concept of animals just living together. Harmoniously. What is he, Angelina Jolie? I don't know <laughs> what this guy this. thought he was. I don't know what this guy thought he was. Like he was, you know, making a new Garden of Eden or something in Harlem. But he had put down a down payment on a parcel of land north of New York City that he wanted to create a haven of interaction between animals and people. He wanted to call it the new Garden of Eden. And he said it was all carefully thought through. He was only a matter of months from securing the property, you know. When it was interrupted by the incident. The incident. Dun, dun, yeah, the incident. And the incident definitely caught him off guard because, you know, he was close to Ming. Like, he built a sandbox in Ming's room. He used pieces of carpeting and dolls. It was a part of a regiment of play and training to keep the animal, you know, occupied. Um, he would hide and seek items sprayed with cologne. He'd freeze slabs of liver that Ming would play with. He would do things to stimulate Ming's mind to, you know, keep the animal distracted, not bored. It's not enough. But he didn't want to domesticate him. He wanted to keep him, you know, to, to, to still have the instinct of being a wild animal. So that's why he would, like, you know, freeze slabs of liver. But, you know, he would loll around with uh, Ming all day. They would watch videos together and read. He called Ming his best friend, a brother figure, and his no. calling in life. No. Well... The interruption, the incident, the incident that uh, halted his plans for the new Garden of Eden occurred October 2003. So Mr. Mr. Yates here took in an abandoned kitten that he named Shadow. And apparently Ming didn't like Shadow. He lunged at Shadow. I don't want to hear what happens to Shadow. Can you gloss over it? Well, he lunged at Shadow and Yates got in between him and he gashed Mr. Yates in the leg as he, you know, as he push shadow away so yates went over to the uh the harlem hospital claiming that he had been attacked by a pit bull but doctors were quite skeptical because of the size of the wound 
And so they snitched him out to the police. And so uh, the police ended up visiting his property and they heard growling sounds that didn't sound like a pit bull coming from uh, behind the door. So they drilled a hole through another room (laughs) to view the tiger with a camera pole. And so then they were like, okay, well, we need to get this tiger. We need to extract the tiger from the, uh, the, the housing complex without hurting anybody. So an officer named Martin Duffy rappelled down the side of the building and shot Ming with a tranquilizer dart. He had to shoot him a couple times because oh, Ming yeah, like yeah. rushed at the window because he was <gasps> upset, broke the window. And there, I have a picture actually of Ming trying to get at the guy, at the, at the, at the cop who is rappelling down the side of this building. Um, but the metal guard in the window like stopped the animal from uh, getting at the uh, the police officer, and so finally Ming succumbed to the anesthesia. I mean, it's a 425 pound tiger, Bengal tiger. I mean, it's going to take a little bit to, to knock one of those out. Um, they hauled him out of the building, and they also hauled Yates's other animal that he had that was also illegal in the, that uh, in in the in the uh, the apartment, an alligator. What? How's he? How's he going? Alli- Which room is the alligator in? The bathroom? The alligator wasn't a full size alligator, but it was like about three and a half feet, and he kept it in a custom fiberglass tank. What? Don't alligators need water? Would you not? Yeah, have to no, put it had water. So he he had a no, he had like a custom tank with water in it, and that's where the alligator lived. I'm very intrigued to see pictures of the inside of this guy's place, just to see what it looked like. Where's Shadow at in this situation? Where's li- Where's little Kitty Shadow? Well, Yates innocent? saved Shadow's life, so that's the good. Tiger so Shadow's uh... still around somewhere and is fine. And has not been eaten by this big fucking tiger. Well, that's what Shadow's I'm believing. Shadow's probably dead at this point. No, this Shadow's alive. Shadow is alive and living it's his been best like 20 life. Twenty years ago, possibly. Stop I mean, cats can live a long time. Yes, they can. So this story became front page news and everyone's calling Yates the Tiger Man, the Tiger Man (laughs) of Harlem. Um, He pled guilty to reckless endangerment and possessing a wild animal. And he served three months on Rikers Island, after which he was put on probation for five years and barred from having animals. Yeah, I thought he would have got more than three months, to be honest. I mean, no one died. You know, he just was possessing an illegal pet. So he got three months. Um, as part of the plea, prosecutors dropped charges against Yates's mother, who, um, who had been charged with endangering the welfare of eight young relatives and foster children by raising them in the apartment with the tiger. What the, I need to see pictures of this apartment. <laughs> I have some pictures of the tiger in the apartment. Yates still considers, to this day, the prosecution a sham. He feels that they're going after him because of his race. And that if uh, he was white, they never would have prosecuted him. Uh, he said Ming had been declawed and well, that the children true. were only in the apartment when Ming was a smaller cat and, was, and they were never in danger. Yeah, right. I bet, like, because you, do you get money over there for fostering like you do over here? I think so. So Yeah, yeah I bet that was like state. a nice, tasty income. Because when you think about 20 pounds of chicken a day at the least, that cost soon adds up. And he's a part-time cabbie. And a part-time construction worker. Yeah. He said, most of the time, it was just me there. No family, no friends, no girlfriends. I never put the public or another soul in harm's way. I'm not a hardcore criminal. I'm just a person with a passion for animals. Aren't we all, mate? (laughs) Well, uh, Ming was uh, relocated. Ming and actually the alligator relocated to an Ohio animal sanctuary. And uh, Ming died from natural causes in February 2019. 
Aww. and can we? They put a they put up a, a monument, a stone monument called Ming Tiger of Harlem at the Hartsdale Pet Cemetery in Westchester County, Pennsylvania. We'll totally have to visit that. You know who lives in Westchester, Pennsylvania? Who? My best friend Jimmy Pop. Oh, he lives in Westchester County. I wonder if he's ever seen the uh, the Tiger Monument. I'll ask him the next time I have a Twitter conversation with the man. Um, Yates said, I'll always love animals till I leave this planet, and I'm not going to give up just because of the judicial system. I love the experience, and I would do it again. Well, that sounds like you're about to reoffend, sir. So we're going to slap another eight years of probation on you. Someone should give this guy an ankle bracelet. We need to know where he is at all times. He shouldn't be owning animals. He shouldn't. <laughs> so, people, we decided to uh, cut Kate Rambo's second story and reserve it only for the Patreon for several reasons. I think one, because it was horrifically violent and horrifically racist at the same time. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> not racist. Well, not amazing. Racist towards chimpanzees. You know, uh, um, if you want to hear it, you can go to the Patreon and, uh, and you can, you can get the, the bonus story from this episode over there. I think I don't think I think Apple Podcasts would ban us if we played it on the main show. Yeah, uh, lots of things are said. It has to be behind a paywall for pretty much probably mine and yours safety. And this is what happens when K Rambo drinks too much and decides to hey, podcast. What are you trying to say? I've only had <laughs> one beer. Not that bad. I remember my first beer. Regardless, hey. this is a cautionary episode this is a cautionary tale for people like i think it's good to have a pet i think it's good to have a pet that you can care for that will care for you i don't think it's good to have a pet that can kill you no or others yeah don't don't get exotic pets exactly i think the lesson learned the takeaway here is don't own a pet that can kill you Yes. People, this is episode 890 here at Sick and Wrong. Got phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. But first, here's a quick message from Adam and Eve. It's butt plug month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. It's K Ram. We've got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is the number of the Sick and Wrong hotline. You can also email the show. Send us an MP3, sickandwrongpodcast at gmail.com. So we were asking people for, um, for calls about people you worked with that died. And uh, we got a few here. So let's, um, let's play the first one. It's a new person, actually. I think it's a new caller. Oh, wow. Hey, Dee and Kate. So I'm listening to episode 889. And Kate is talking about a guy who uh, tried to cut his cock and balls off. And uh, this reminds me of you guys have been asking about people who died at work. Uh, when I was in the Army, 
There was a I guy. like this guy's like, you're talking about people who cut their dick and balls off. And that reminds me of a co-worker of mine. When I was in the army. <laughs> Great. I really love it. I imagine it happens quite a bit in the army. Who decided that he wanted to be a girl. And he went to the library and studied up on how to remove his cock and balls. And uh, he got one ball removed and then thought better of it. And okay. he called the medics, and they came and put him in the loony bin. And then they shortly thereafter kicked him out of the army. He didn't die, but, uh, yeah, cut one of his balls off. Anyway, thought you might like to know. Keep it straight. Keep it wrong. I do like to know. you got to think there's easier ways to get out of the army than cutting your nuts off. Well, Clyde Barrow chopped off two of his toes. I guess once you start cutting off appendages, I guess they, they do let you out of the army for that. Good old Chop Chop chopped off his ear, his earlobes. Are you I looking at my ears? Do <laughs> you necessarily need to cut your... If you want to identify as a woman or decide you want to be a woman, do you need to cut your dick off? No, I don't think so. I think you could still like be a woman and have a dick and identify as a woman. Yeah. What I'm thinking is, is like, did he chop the ball out of the sack or did he just like splice through the sack and take a ball with it? So like, I would uh. like to know what his scrotum looks like now. Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh. <laughs> but so like what's going on there or is it just an, is it just an empty sack with no ball inside? Cause you can get replacement balls. They give, they give them. But I suppose yeah, if he I, wants to be a woman. He did he just take a razor and slice it open or you just take a serrated knife and just chop off his sack? He's in the army. He could have fucking shot it off with a rifle if he wanted to. He's got a fucking Rambo knife. Just cut off yeah. the nut. Yeah, I don't He's know. Did they the reattach it? Whatever happened to it? Did and he did eat it? my question is, did he do other things to look like a woman? Although you don't really know in the army, everyone's kind of looks the same. Isn't that the idea? They want all the soldiers to look the same. That reminds me of that film. Remember G.I. Jane? Yeah, with um uh, Demi Moore. Demi Moore, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's held up. I've not seen that in a long time. That was that period when she was just like Sigourney Weaver hot because she also had done striptease, which is a poor man showgirl. But she was so hot in that. And then she did G.I. Jane. Like, I could never shave my hair off and look as hot as Demi Moore did. Well, Demi Moore is attractive, though. You know, anyway. You're saying that I mean, I'm even... not attractive. No, and I no you're, you're definitely yeah, attractive. But I'm just saying Demi Moore can cut her <laughs> hair off and she'll be attractive. Moore could have long hair and she'd be attractive. She's just an attractive yeah. woman, so it doesn't really matter. I do remember the hatred she got when she cut her hair off. Like, some of the fucking... From men's? From, yeah, from men's. Or from women's so just, like, just saying how, like, it's, like, unfeminine. It's like, that's the entire point. But you can have short hair and be the sexiest fucking bitch in the room. Doesn't matter. It's all about the power you hold. But I don't think women in the army or in the armed forces have to get a, you know, a buzz cut. Not anymore. Do. Women yeah. had to before? They had to get a buzz cut? I think because she's not she's not just going in the regular army. I think she was going in, like, what, the Royal Marines or something? Let, I'm going to watch G.I. Jane. Well, you I'll watch G.I. Jane. I'm going to watch fucking Tank Girl. And we'll see who, fucking, uh, oh my God. who's we more all of love a badass. You're talking to someone <laughs> with a Tank Girl tattoo, D. Anyway, that is... Uh, you have a Tank Girl tattoo? The, 
the, the tattoo on my arm is from the bad guys in the comic. <laughs> and did you know that Tank Girl is actually based Wait, off a girl? That in faded smudge. I thought that was like. Hey. I thought that was like a notorious B.I.G. lyric, or is that the one it, on your shoulder? That's the one on my shoulders, oh. my notorious B.I.G. lyrics. <laughs> but the what the stars on my arm. Oh, are I didn't a tank know that girl. was Tank Girl. Yeah, it's from one of. The, it's not the Kangaroo guys. It's from another like bad guys out in Australia who come for her. But she's based on a, a girl from Carlisle, you know, because Jamie Hewitt went to the, uh, there used to be an art college here, a very prestigious art college called the CIA. And he came here for a little while. And he really, fan- I've heard him tell this story. He like, uh, he really fancied this girl that rocked about Carlisle who looked exactly like Tank Girl. So when he first started drawing Tank Girl, she's based on this girl that he wanted to bang, but he was too scared to ever talk to. So oh, well, I'm on the Carlisle babes. Huh. Terrifying. So wait, your tramp stamp, is that also inspired by Tank Girl? <laughs> no, that's that's inspired by my love of bowling. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie Kingpin. All right. Yeah. Uh, we're moving on here. Tim. Tim called in. Um, yes. Tim's a very active member of the Discord. Uh, he called in about a coworker that died at his work. Oh. Whoa, he's got an intro. Like the sweet. Seinfeld? AD and Kate, everybody else. Uh, <laughs> Tim I got a, a dead coworker story. Um, you know, not funny. You know, I can't imagine any of them really would be unless this person was a colossal asshole. This guy was nice, but, you know, had his own shortcomings. Um, was into conspiracy theories and not from a, uh, a similar stance where I am where they're entertaining, but was into them for you know the the nanobots and whatever that he would actually be the believed vaccine. them so um the this person it was great it was good at what he did um but you could tell obviously he was a little off but um real good chatter told a lot of great stories outside of you know what bill gates was doing and how fauci was involved in things um so fast forward through i would love to work with someone like that I don't think I have anyone in my current job, or at least no one's forward about their opinions on that type of that subject. But I would love that because I would be asking them questions about every current news event just to get their take. Oh, I can't stand it. My, I have, I talk about them on the Patreon a lot. I have two uh, managers. I have the Dog Killer and the Rotundo. And the Rotundo believes a lot of conspiracy theories, and I just can't hack it. I have to walk away because he like truly believes. Well. I'm not surprised. He's a rotundo. Yeah, and I just, I can't be doing with it. On a night shift as well, your patience is already like, it's like this thing. Your, your patience doesn't even exist on a night shift. I always feel like people with low intellect gravitate towards conspiracy theories like that. Yeah, because you don't need to apply um, cognitive critical, thinking to yeah, it. Yeah, critical thought. Yeah. You, know, you don't need to because, science. yeah. COVID, um... You know, we, this was about a year ago, got a couple texts, a couple emails of like, is everything okay over there? I, you know, your, your boss is, is, uh, canceled all of his meetings. Hmm. And I was like, I think so. You know, I'm, I'm working. I haven't heard, heard shit. So, um, it wasn't until about four o'clock in the afternoon. He, the boss called us all down and was like, hey, everybody, you know, so-and-so has, has passed at work. Um, so we had to deal with that and essentially, 
Um, this person came in early, like before anybody else, worked in a different building than the rest of us in his own little kingdom. Um, and he died, and then the cleaning people found him when they came through for their first part. Now, oh god, that's got to be rough. Jim t- died of what though? Probably it's a heart suicide. attack or something. Do you not think he's, uh, my first thoughts go to suicide if he works by himself? And he and works he's in a conspiracy his own theorist. He's a conspiracy I, theorist. I Wouldn't you stage you, it to look like the government did it? I bet you he was a middle-aged guy, probably out of weight, probably still smoked cigarettes, had conspiracy theories about tobacco companies. And then he just had a heart attack because his cholesterol his levels are awful. But who knows? I don't know, you know, the, the area that we work in, there are certain hazards. So I believe my boss had to go over there and verify that the space was safe to be in because obviously they wanted to make sure there wasn't some sort of hazardous chemical <laughs> release. Um, and, and and there wasn't. This was a... Uh, well, not a- the, Where the hell do you work? Like Umbrella Corporation? <laughs> like, <there's, laughs> I find yeah. this really hard to believe. So this guy works in his own office, and you had to have your boss wear a hazmat suit, go over there and make sure there wasn't some kind of like chemical contamination. What I'm really imagining is that I'm the boss of all these people and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go over there. I'm going to make sure everything's safe for all of us. But really what I'm doing on my walk over there is finding a really good stick. (laughs) And then when I get in the room, I'm just poking the cops with a really good, you know, sometimes you find a really good stick when you're on a walk. You're kind of like a dog. You're like, this is such a good poking stick. That's what I'd be doing. Like what a great day at work. I recommend poking the corpse that way than the other way. Well, I don't have anything else to poke it with, <laughs> do I? Well, <laughs> being a lady, some people do. What? I guess I just I just find this difficult to comprehend. Like, what? At first, I thought the guy had died of a heart attack because he was unhealthy, but now I'm thinking he turned into some kind of zombie monster. Or like a mushroom creature, like out of Last of Us. Like there's some kind of chemical in the other office that Tim Ted works in. Don't go to that office, Tim. Yeah, don't you die too. No, and we, don't get we eaten need you. By this this xenomorphic man who's about yeah. to come back, and maybe he'll inf- maybe it'll be like invasion of the body snatchers, but it'll be like invasion of the conspiracy theorists. This cordyceps man, be be wary of him and don't go near that, Tim Ted. Just stay away from that wing of the office. Suicide, um, he, a, just a, a a health ailment that caught up to him, um, which was unfortunate. And sad. You're right, D. But uh, you know, we we moved forward after the initial shock, um, and you know, it was unfortunate that we didn't really know his family better. Um, but how would you? It was. Uh, yeah, but just kind of a it. weird thing it? that I didn't think would happen at work. Um, but I guess that's it. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, keep it sick. He didn't even do the keep it wrong. He's just, just keep it <laughs> sick. You know? He's delightful, and Tim Ted can do what he wants. But wouldn't you just milk it? I would milk it for as long as I could. I'd be like, and, I've been so affected by this. And I mean, he just dropped down dead, and that could happen to me. I'm a similar age. I'm having a panic attack. I have to go home. Oh, no, I did when uh, when that, that IT guy died a few weeks ago. You know what's really weird? They still haven't cleared out his cubicle. 
Oh, it's just there like in like a memento mori to him. I just think they're just leaving it for now. I don't know. Maybe until someone else needs the cube. But right now, it's he still has the same computer, his same mouse, it's got, and it's got all the... Like, he was really into the Incredible Hulk, so it's got all the Incredible Hulk, like, posters and things on the wall behind it. You know what I want you to do? when it So when a new Draw person a dick on the that Hulk. cubicle, oh. no, is uh, <laughs> you should be the goth that strolls by. So when the new person is in, you can be like, hey, nice to meet you. And the guy will be like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm so-and-so. You can be like, last guy in this cubicle died here. And then you can just walk away. <laughs> Just really cryptically walk up to him and be like, hey, because I do wear black at work most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Not not by like, not on purpose. I just, most of my closet. My, yeah, I wear black. So I tend to wear black a lot. But I think that'd be really funny just to walk up and be like, hey, just so you know, the last guy who sat in this cubicle died. <laughs> Why are you saying it like you're a bit surprised? Say it like you're, you're Michael in South Park. Huh? Let's go dirt here. <laughs> just just wanted to let you know. And then just back up really slowly. Yeah, and yeah. then the fog will envelop you. And you'll maybe turn into like a bat. And fly or the fog will just bat. happen and I won't turn into a bat. And then I'll be like, oh, I thought I was going to turn into a bat. Pardon yeah. me. And I'll just walk back into my office. I guess I'll go back to work now. I guess I'll try Don't that. Mind. I'll try I think that. you should. Thank you, Tim Ted. It's good to hear from you. All right, final, uh, final call is uh, Buffalo Bill with a story about construction workers. Like village people-esque. It's a very village people-esque story. Oh, so it's sexy. No. (laughs) (laughs) This is Buffalo Bill reporting live uh, from a place in Texas. I am, uh, I was taking a shower at my buddy's place as we're about to go out of town for the weekend. Um... And there's some guys working on the house. That's weird. You're taking a shower at your, <laughs> your buddy's <laughs> house. Why didn't you take a shower before you went to your buddy's house? <laughs> what are you and your buddy even doing? Buddy, yeah. <laughs> what you mean is male lover? Your blow buddy? Like, I, that's just weird. Why would you take a shower at your own house? I don't, I don't think imagine? I would go to my friend's house. I would go to like Joe's house and be like, hey. Can I use a shower? Do you have an extra towel and a washcloth? Yeah, this is what I mean, right? Men are disgusting. You know when you go around, like when I go around to stay at like a girl, a girlfriend's house, I know she's going to be like, and these are your towels. I've just washed them. Everything's been washed. Everything's been clean. So I'm like, cool. I can totally shower in here. But never in a million years would a man ever be like, here's, a, here's your towels. I've just washed them. <laughs> You'd be well, like, that's your towel that's on the floor. And you, you have to question off. any towel that a man has because he's probably used that as a jit gel rag. Like he's probably cummed in it at least several times and probably hasn't washed it. So no, I wouldn't shower at my buddy's house. <laughs> blow so that's buddies. weird. <laughs> your blow buddy. Next door. Uh, they're building a new home. And, uh, well... Uh, as I'm taking my shower, I hear a large crash, and I think, uh-oh, somebody must have dropped something, and they hit the house because the house vibrated. Lo and behold, when uh, I went downstairs, Kurt- Do you think he was <laughs> a towel wrapped around his breast with, like, a shower cap? <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the 
loofah on a stick. Yeah, he's got a loofah. <laughs> what was that noise? And the guy's like, he's blue, but he's like, sorry. He's got a camera in his hand. <laughs> and he's just falling off his thing. He was trying to record him in the shower. <laughs> You've done this before, Kim Rambo. I can't get so, over it. A man Nobody. on the roof had fallen off of what is essentially three storings, hit the side of the house that I'm in, and was only saved by the fact that the concrete pad where my buddy keeps his trash cans had the trash cans on there. Or your blow buddy keeps his trash cans. <laughs> this is all an elaborate story for them trying to get a naked video of you in the shower. <laughs> And there's a construction worker and a policeman and like a Native American. <laughs> and then the sheriff turned up. So the guy fell on some trash cans, sure. So one of the trash cans is essentially destroyed and this man's arm is broken. And all the dudes working there suddenly took off. With this so, Kind of ridiculous. Uh this happened moments ago. Uh, man with the broken arm and his uh, compadres have all run off, and we don't really know what to do. So, if there's any interest, I'll bring updates live at 11. Signing off. Buffalo Bill. Lick my balls. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, Buffalo Bill. I don't think we have to. Your blood buddy already took care of that. <laughs> blood buddy and his dudes. <laughs> I picture, <laughs> I think, what do you do? Just play CNC Music Factory. <laughs> dan, 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 and everyone just dances it off. That's what happens We work hard. Point. We play hard. <laughs> wow. Why so are you <laughs> It all goes back to that. So wait, what happened to the guy with the broken arm? He ran off too? What happened to the Vegas trip as well? Why is he, like, did that not happen? I thought he was going to Vegas. Was he going to Vegas with his blow buddy? (laughs) Maybe that's where he met his blow buddy. Yeah, what happened to the Vegas trip, Buffalo Bill? And also, what? Where did these guys run to? Like, weren't they working a job? Like, what, I mean, they had a job. They were hired to build this house next door, and they just ran away. Isn't there a workman's comp? I, I don't know. I'm very confused by this story. We need a part. Why two. did they all run away? Like, wouldn't you just think, why, why are they running in the first place? Because, <laughs> because they heard, dan, the dan, of, dan, 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 Everybody move. Oh, wait, everybody, everybody dance, dance now. Everybody dance now. Oh, my gosh. I want a part two of that Buffalo Bill. And I want a Vegas update. Like, what did you think of Vegas? Did you go to, has this, did it happen? Did you go see strippers? Were you, yeah, it was know. a bachelor party, wasn't it? Yeah, that would be fun, I would imagine, in Vegas. Or, you know, from every fucking bromance film I've seen, it's not fun. I've done a couple of bachelor parties in Vegas. I don't think it's fun. I wouldn't want to do it. But I don't like bachelor parties. It's not my thing. 
I, I've never been on a hen do because I I just think when women, only women get together, it's trouble. You've got to have some sausage in the mix because if not, you don't want to be at a clam bake. You need to have some sausage. You don't have a blow hen? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, people call the sick room hotline, 323-522-4032. Um, Big ups to all the listeners who support us on Patreon. I know we go off on Patreon a lot, but it is the best way to support this show. That's what really keeps us going, and we do appreciate <laughs> you helping us keep it sick and wrong every week. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. And now we're on Apple Podcasts. If you go to Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to the second show that way as well. Also, I uploaded a bunch of new designs to the Tea Public Store. Have you seen the new designs? I have seen the new designs and they are amazing. The pervert t-shirt, I know so many girls who need that t-shirt. I don't know how many people have bought that. You know, the, the shirt that sold the most is the Make Abortion Great Again shirt. We sold like a hundred of those. I'm so happy that people have bought that. Including yeah, I'm surprised. a friend to show uh, Alexandria and her podcast, We Hate You, is really, really good. So people should listen to that. Um, but the the new one, I, I I was actually quite proud of it. It says "Enjoy Bukaki." <laughs> Isn't that like one a... of your old school back in the day designs? No, I I, I repurposed that Uh-oh. one. Oh, did I had you? "Enjoy Sick and Wrong" in the Coca Cola font. That was it. That's what I'm thinking. And that's about. a good. That's a great one. But "Enjoy Bukaki" is a new thing. So I and also I have a a shirt: "Eat Ass and Pray Love." Eat Ass, Pray Love. Eat. Pray love, eat ass, pray love. Your sister will like that one. It's a good one. I think it's a gift that keeps on giving. So go to uh, sickeronpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope and buy yourself some uh, Sick and Wrong merch. Finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. I wanted to find something that was topical, something that uh, represented exotic animals that kill. And uh, this is a band that Harrison actually liked a lot and I like as well. I've been looking for Same. this album, Tiger Rock by uh, the band Tiger B. Smith. I have a second record. I don't have the first record, Tiger Rock, which came out in 1972. Um, but the song, the, self, uh, the, the self-titled song from the album, Tiger Rock, uh, it's heavy. It's good. It's kind of like a cross between the Edgar Broughton band, Hawkwind, and Black Sabbath, like progressive, like fuzz blues rock. Really good band. They're from Frankfurt, Germany. Came out in the 70s. And uh, Harrison would approve. So we're going to end the show here with Tiger Rock by Tiger B. Smith. People will be back next week with episode 891. Till then, take it sleazy.
away, tumbled, mm -hmm. and Montecar right away, he realized, and I realized, he is in trouble. You believe that Montecor realized you were in trouble yes. and just picked you up and took you off stage for help? Yeah, that's how wonderful they are.